Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, powerful nonsenses. Hello. We have returned into your ear holes. Coming at you. Or entered your ear holes for the first time. <laughs> if you're listening for the first time. Um, and if you are listening for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yudis. And this is the Powerful Nonsense Cooda. Powerful Nonsense. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Powerful Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's been listening too much rap lately. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so not true. <laughs> if there's anybody that hasn't listened to rap at all in the last, I don't know, 10 years, it's probably me. <laughs> um, oh, what's going on with my microphone here? Yeah. bit oh, saggy. It is a little bit. It's going, doing its own thing. Um, but yes, welcome to Powerful Nonsense, the millennial podcast. Yes. So that's, that, that's us. That's what we do. And uh, today we've got a really cool little episode. You're kind of turning things on their heads a little bit. And we're talking uh, inspired by an article uh, we found from highexistence.com. It's not stealing. Not stealing. Inspired by. Uh, we'll put a link to the article in the show notes so you can read that. Um, but we're talking about the seven, well, not necessarily all seven. We might not cover all seven, but the most popular um self-help self-help advice that might be screwing things up for you just a little bit so we're turning those kind of pieces of advice on their head as inspired by highexistence.com mm-hmm. um so shall we delve delve right in let's jump straight let's in. jump straight in so <clears throat> this one i think <laughs> kind of hypocritical of us given what we do <laughs> for the podcast um but learn how to become successful by listening to successful people. I think we're fine with that. We're not successful. So no, 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 no. No, I meant with, I meant with having people onto the show oh. to interview. I oh, wasn't okay. saying we were successful. Oh, yeah. Although, you know, we try it. <laughs> success in our own right. No, yeah, I meant, I meant interviews. Although, to be fair, we don't really do that many interviews anymore. So it's not as hypocritical as it would have been. Mm. But... Um, it's not exclusively, exclusively saying not to, I think. No. No, yeah. it's it's the the point that they're kind of making, which I think is the point that we'll dive into here, is that um, successful uh, um, keys to success and strategies for success are also keys and strategies for failure. Yeah, and I think that's if even when you are listening to people when they are giving you their advice, they've used that same advice on everything else that failed for them. It's just mm-hmm. that they've done it maybe a little bit different or. Mm-hmm something's changed and so what I really like is that whole idea that actually 
all that success advice and all those principles are actually failure advice as well because mm. you need to do the same things. It's just sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but ultimately it's just the doing part that gets you there. Yeah, and it kind of made me think actually of the, um, the God, really old one now, the Darren Brown special with the horse races. Don't remember that the, one. The one oh, called the system. When he like slaps the wall and people just bet and then give you money. <laughs> Was um, it that one? That doesn't ring any bells. The one where he would go over to the window screener and then he would just be like, "This is a winning ticket." Slams his hand down and suddenly she gives him all the money. Maybe it might have been that one. But basically, the idea behind the system is that he anonymously gets in contact with uh, someone and says, "I've got the system to." Uh, know which horse is going to win every race. I remember which one you're talking about. And he uh, asks them to trust him just by betting like a quid. And then they bet a quid and then they win. And then uh, he comes back and goes, okay, that might have been a fluke, but I gave you a tip and it worked. So I'm going to ask you to trust me again. I want you to bet a fiver. They bet a fiver. They win. Okay, so you've won two times now. Let's up the ante. And he keeps upping it and upping it and upping it. And then the final person, he asks them to bet their life savings. And they do. And then they lose. Um, but because it's Darren Brown, he knew they were going to lose anyway. And then he gives them the money back and whatever, because he's got a winning ticket anyway. Um, but actually what the system is, which I think kind of, fits into this point quite nicely is actually he's done this with multiple other people and he's had a whole collection of about a hundred people to begin with mm-hmm. and he's filtered it down and the cameras have only followed the one that's been successful every time. Um, and basically each time he eliminates where every time someone fails, he gives them a different ticket. Every time someone fails, they remove yeah. it from the, he removes it from the system. So it looks like that one person that got it right every time looks, looks like, like something's going on. looks like they've got a secret. Yeah, but they yeah. haven't. Um, and I think this is the same for success principles. I think so often these success principles may have worked for that person so many times, but it doesn't mean that they are necessarily the keys or formula to success. Yeah, I think there's too many like um, variables in whatever you do to kind of have one way of doing it anyway. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the market's in the right place, even for myself with my vegan donor business. Like it's working right now because veganism is something that's increasing. But if I decided to do everything I did currently right. 10 years ago, it would be a failed business because the time is completely it's wrong. It's true, actually, isn't it? So, it's true. You probably, yeah, you wouldn't have had half the success. No way. 10 years no ago. way at all. So that's what I'm saying. So, and now I could have followed everything, all these advice I've ever heard, done it the perfect way around, but actually, no, because the market's not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So it would fail. And so, yeah, you just got to remember that. But that was a good example that you used there with the Darren Brown because I think that's that's a perfect kind of visual metaphor really Mm. for that is that all the success you see, there's so many people out there who are actually doing everything they've been told to do and still things aren't working. And you're like, wait a minute, like I'm doing everything. Why is it not working? And Mm -hmm. just sometimes it's not the right time. And then you've got a lot of business people that say a lot of it comes down to luck and timing and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, We'll try and, I don't know if it is available on Channel 4. uh, Is it called All all 4 now, not 4OD? Um, all four. Um, I don't know if it's still available because it's a very, very old. It's mm. like it was before. It's you, probably on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, it might be on YouTube, but we'll, we'll try try and see if we can find a link for it so you can watch it because I think it really does explain this concept so so well. 
as a, mm-hmm. as a whole documentary. It's really interesting. Um, so the next point. This one, I think you're going to have to weigh in on this one. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Hey, nice um, uh, you think you will have to weigh in on this one? <laughs> and in your belly actually rumbled <laughs> at a perfect time as well. <laughs> I know. So this one is uh, go on a diet if you want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Gem discuss because I don't do dieting for because I don't like the concept. <laughs> yeah, I think again a diet kind of um, suggests there's something that is temporary, like it's just eating. And I think people kind of when we think of diet, we think of all the different fads that are out there. And I think people will try lots of um, different fads, but they don't stick to it. And I think when you're talking about nutrition or getting healthy, I think you've always got to look in the whole of your lifespan, really. I think everybody knows what they should and shouldn't be eating ultimately when it comes down to it. And so I think like, yeah, I think what they're saying here is just don't don't get don't go into all these sort of fads, really. Don't think of it as a diet because the minute you think of it as a diet, it's something that you're doing temporary. It's not something that's just part of your lifestyle. And I think that way, obviously, again, as well, it's like when people talk about like um, losing weight, it's not something that is the goal just to lose weight. Like the goal is to get healthy. And I think that's mm-hmm. maybe another part of it that they're talking about is that actually don't become obsessed with the idea of losing weight because really that doesn't make you healthier. You just want to have all round health. But mm. And actually, I suppose if you embed the the healthy lifestyle around the diet into your li- lifestyle, um, <laughs> then um, then I guess the, the losing of the weight will, will be a byproduct then of just mm-hmm. being healthier. Yeah, exactly. Like, I found that myself. Like I haven't lost weight dramatically, but over the last year or two, I've lost a lot of weight um, because I've just eaten healthier. The goal hasn't necessarily been to lose weight. I've just been like, I need to eat a little healthier than I was before. And so I've lost weight in the process. Yeah, and also weight is not always the best metric for health. So sometimes like I've got heavier on a vegan diet, but that doesn't mean I'm unhealthier. It means I put on more muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So I weigh heavier. So again, it's don't get focused on weight being the goal. Although I do think when people refer to losing weight, they're actually referring to losing body fat. I don't think, I don't think many people. I don't agree with that because I think a lot of people like, especially I know from living with my mom and my sisters, like, my sister started going to the gym like every day or get a personal trainer and they're jumping on the treadmill mm. and then they're like, oh, why aren't I losing weight? And I'm like, well, probably because you're building muscle. Muscle weighs a lot heavier than mm-hmm. fat. And so I think a lot of people get, when the main, main thing they go to the gym is, okay, add the scales going down, but that ain't going to tell you whether you're losing fat or gaining muscle. Oh, okay. So I think that... I've just always seen losing weight as a euphemism for... I think people. I think fat. people's goal is to lose fat, but I think the way that people assess whether it's working or not is when they step on a scale, and a scale ain't going to tell you what your body fat percentage is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, normally on that one, it's just kind of when you say diet, if it's something that seems very temporary, it's not a long term thing. It's something that's like you're doing it for a little while. It's like when people say, oh, "I'm going to train for a marathon," they train for three months and then do the marathon and never train again. That's like a temporary phase. Like, yeah, true. I think just kind of focus on a lifestyle change something that you can sustain long term it doesn't have to be extreme but you're something that you know is doing better for you and you're willing to carry that on for as long as possible Mm -hmm. i'll go to the gym as for the rest of my life i'll try to eat healthy for the rest of my life it's not something that i'm doing as a fad Mm. nice Mm. nice um so the next one um this one i think you'll also have quite the opinion on i'm expecting gem mm. mm. um is read self-improvement books to improve your life 
Um, and bearing in mind, these uh, just to recap, these are things that might not be good advice. Yeah. So the thing that might not be good advice is to read self-improvement books to improve your life. <laughs> just I like wanted to recap that just in case people forgot. I get this one as well. And again, these are very like loaded. Some of the actual titles are quite loaded people. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, self-improvement books in itself is something that people kind of think is a bit wishy-washy. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's been self-improvement books that I've read that have certainly improved my life. But I think um, <laughs> but I think the way that they're sort of saying here is don't get addicted to reading self-improvement books because mm-hmm. then you're kind of on this, keep you keep reading, hoping that something is going to click. And I think it's very easy to read a lot, but you don't actually put those things into like use. So... Yeah. That's a whole different thing, ball game, I think. Yeah. You can you can read and and learn as much as you like, but if there's one thing that we understand, um, and the world is starting to understand, is um, knowledge is now available to everyone. So it's not really going to be a difference maker for you to have the knowledge. It's about how you execute and integrate that knowledge into your life and your work or whatever it is that it applies to. Um, but I think the point that they're making, um, the guys at High Existence are making with this one, um, which you kind of touched on there, is about um, if you become addicted to these self-improvement books, you're actually just reinforcing this kind of subconscious feeling that you you need to improve, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, to feel the need to re- to constantly improve. In fact, I'd say that's a very good thing. But I think if you're constantly reinforcing, I need to improve, I need to improve, I need to improve, I need to improve, the negative side could then be that you're uh, subconsciously reinforcing, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good mm, enough. That's a really good way of looking at it. And that kind of goes back to our old episode, like um, next level syndrome, that idea of you're getting mm. too attached to always the next thing that you're aiming for, that you never kind of just be like, you know, I'm good with myself right now. And mm. I do think a lot of these books sometimes might even make you think about stuff that you didn't even like it creates problems sometimes. Oh, should I be angry about that thing? Or should that, is that something that I have? Oh, and then suddenly you kind of, mm. you over assess yourself, which is also a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, was there anything else you wanted to, Oh yeah. This is a question I had actually. Um, how would you define a self-improvement book? I think this is any... just a book about stuff. So for example, um, uh, Vanessa Van Edwards book, would you consider that a self-improvement book or would you consider that a book of knowledge? I think all books contain knowledge. Lord of the Rings teaches you courage, overcoming stuff, finding a team. Like So mm-hmm. it's not about whether a book is self-improvement or not. I think, obviously, that's just for these publishers to kind of ca- categorize different authors mm-hmm. and books. So I think you can take like learnings from any book you read. It's there. The author's planted little learnings in there. It's in Harry mm-hmm. Potter. It's in all the books you read. Mm-hmm. And so for me any book can be a self-improvement book and it's just are you going to do something with the things you're taking from that book mm-hmm. and actually turn it into reality based are you going to is that going to improve your life because of it same as acting same as storytelling it's all there some books tell you what you should do some books wrap it in a story that was the answer i was hoping for jim well, there you go you got it Ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um we're almost halfway through so i think we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Thank the sponsor of the show, the University of Northampton. I should have done jazz hands then, really. 
No almost, one, no they one, almost came No out, one can see them. You can't no, see those true. through the sound waves. Jess-han. He's Jess Hannon. <laughs> Shall I be? Wayne walks up to the mic. He puts his hands in the air and waves them like a pansy. <laughs> it's not very PC of you, Jim. I know. <laughs> Sorry. What is pansy anyway? I have no idea. <laughs> I hope that's not I offensive. Just, I, was just, I was just attacking you for being on PC because it was an opportunity. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> What's that, that in the cinema? It's like, have problems with your sight? Oh, it's um, audio describe. Yeah, audio yeah. that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it's great. Maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a career for you in that. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we digress. Um, massive thank you to our longtime sponsor of the show, uh, the University of Northampton. Um, we say this all the time, but if you don't know, me and Jem, we we kind of that was our old stomping ground. Mm-hmm. We we trained in our respective fields there got our degrees recent graduations happened i noticed on facebook the other day Mm -hmm. took me right back to my graduation day and them getting your name wrong (laughs) is a bit of a tough one (laughs) mine mine, mine's fairly simple it's quite difficult to get mine wrong worst part was i told him what it was he 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 said to me he (laughs) he had the paper he's like how do i say that told him it perfectly still got it totally wrong in his defense though you do have a turkish name I told him in plain English. <laughs> he was stressed. True. You'd, you'd, be, str- a, you'd be stressed. There's a lot of names There's you've got to get through. There's a lot of names to get through and a lot of names that you've never seen before to get through. Mm. So we'll let him off. We'll let him off. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, massive thank you to them for supporting the show. Um, they, they've been supporting us for a very long time, continue to support us both um, in terms of the sponsorship and in terms of just constant contact. Um, but... How is this beneficial to you? Well, the great thing about Northampton as a university, um, which makes it a perfect fit for us in getting them to sponsor the show, is that not only do they focus on the education of their students, not only do they focus on uh, their students getting qualifications, but they have a massive, massive focus on entrepreneurship, specifically in the social entrepreneurship arena, which is, um, you know, creating a profitable profitable business that actually produces social positive impact. Um, so if you're thinking, do you know what, I do want to get a degree, but I'm also toying with the idea of setting up this business idea that I've got, they're definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, so have a look, northampton.ac.uk, and a massive thank you to them, as always, for supporting the show lovely so next point we have four other points i think we're going to manage to get through all of them actually, i think so um which i was unsure of at the beginning but i think we will mm-hmm. um now this one's an interesting one which is avoid negative thinking at all costs you got a thought on this i do but go for it then go for it so this one i get it because if you avoid negative thinking, you're not thinking about the problems in the world. And I think as someone who wants to maybe do good or you want to start a business, negative thinking is it gets you like riled up about something. It makes mm-hmm. energy. It makes you want to do something about it. So sometimes like when you're thinking negatively about something, that means that it's giving you energy in another way. It might be anger, but that anger can be like transferred into doing something or creating something. So I think... Like negative thinking is, and it's part of life as well. Like it's that yin and yang. Like you don't know your, um, you don't know you're happy unless you have the negative side of things. So it has to be there. But I do think that sometimes like negative energy or anger is actually quite 
useful sometimes if something yeah so like i say if something annoys you enough it might fire you up to actually do something so to clarify your what what are you saying are the positives of negative thinking the positive of negative thinking is that it'll push you to do something it pushes you into action Mm -hmm. because negative thinking means that you're thinking about something that angers you like um i know for you like you're not happy like about mental health issues right now Mm -hmm. that's that's you thinking like there's not enough being done about this it's making me angry about that that and so because of that you're more likely to do something about it right whereas the the positive using that as an example the positive thinking alternative will be well everyone's trying really hard and uh, we're going to get there eventually and this that and the other yeah, and yeah. i suppose it then it then i suppose presents this potential apathy Mm-hmm. Um, around certain situations. That might be a bad example to use the mental health thing, but I suppose that's what it generates if you go into the positive thinking, which is like, well, we can do this. And it's kind of like, yes, that might push you to a degree because you're like, yeah, we can. And there's also will. like levels of it as well. Like you don't want to go so negative that you think something's so bad that you can't do anything about it in the right. same way the opposite side of it is like, which is good, but on the opposite side of positivity is having gratitude for where it currently is at. But... Mm. I think it's that sort of level of you have to have something that kind of lights a fire underneath your butt to kind of make you be like, yeah, I'm not happy with that thing and I'm going to do something about it, but not enough that, which a lot of people will do is say like, well, with the government, the economy, this and that. And so it gets overwhelming that they don't actually do anything. Right. And I think there's a difference as well between um, negative thinking and complaining. Mm, definitely. Because uh, I think... I think when people think of negative thinking, they often think of complaining. And um, I think when you're complaining, you're essentially blaming mm. something something external for whatever it is that you're lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, because complaining by its very nature is a very inward looking thing. Um, <clears throat> so, for example, um, as you said, you might blame the government for whatever situation you're currently in. And um, the actual, the negative thinking aspect would be, well, this situation is pretty shit because X, 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 X. But whereas complaining is saying, well, I can't do that because X. And the negative thinking thing at least allows you to have a critical thinking element where you kind of, as you say, you kind of see the problems and you go, well, that's shit because of this and that. And actually, I could do some. I might not be able to do something about this, but I could certainly do something about that, which will improve the whole situation, mm-hmm. and then gives you something to work off. Whereas complaining, it's kind of dismissive to complain because you kind of go, "Well, it's not. There's nothing I can do about it because it's everybody else's fault." And that's, I think, the fine line. Yeah, and it lets you just become passive if you complain about it because you you won't even start. You're just too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people use that as an excuse, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. 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 We'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll good, do. Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, so the next one is uh, don't procrastinate. Now, I am a master procrastinator. <laughs> a master what? A master procrastinator. <laughs> what, a pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Say that fast, Wayne. Master procrastinator. <laughs> one more time. Say it over and over. <laughs> just, wanna, just wanted to check you're saying what I think you're saying. <laughs> 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 Uh, You're a what? (laughs) (laughs) But 
I'm really good at procrastinating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't think that that's always a bad thing. No. There's there's times when it's not appropriate to procrastinate. I'm sorry, I can't. Like at your office desk or (laughs) Or when you're back at your family home. (laughs) Or just drop it in with old friends. Let's get some control on this. Okay. And if you're laughing at the other end, you're filthy minded. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously there are times where it's a good idea to procrastinate and times where it's a bad idea to procrastinate. I, th- I don't think personally that having writer's block is mm. a bad time to procrastinate. Some people will say, well, fight through it. Mm. I would say... Give yourself the breathing space to procrastinate because it allows you to have the thoughts which might then, on a subconscious level... In fact, here's here's an example, I actually think. It seems like a a very odd example to use, given what we're talking about. Mm. But you don't really play video games that much anymore, do you? Not really, no. But do you ever remember those times where you'd be stuck at a certain part in a video game... And you just couldn't beat it. And you'd be like, oh, fuck this. And you'd rage quit. <laughs> and then you wouldn't play it for like a week. And then you come back to it and you complete it first time. Mm. I think that is a great example of where procrastinating can actually be a good thing. Also. Because you're, what's happening is your subconscious mind is solving the problem, processing those things. And then you come back to it and you go, oh, I've got it. Plus, I think people are so busy nowadays, like it's natural to have like mental burnout, like fatigue. Yeah, and I think well. um, like for me, I always find like when I've been away on a holiday, like if I go away for a weekend or a couple of days, that by that last day, I'm so fired up. Like I've already wrote like 100 notes in my notes on my phone of what I want to do or what I want to start when I get back. And I always find that when you have that bit of time away, you come back with this whole new energy or you've got new ideas or even with me and you, like we did a podcast maybe once in a while, but when we meet up that time away, suddenly we've got all these ideas of what we want to do. Yeah. And I think that nowadays it's important for that because mm. if you're procrastinating, I think people are overworked. I think people are doing too much. And sometimes those little times where you've got that, your own space, your own time to think. Mm. I think sometimes like ideas come to you, opportunities come to you. Yeah. So it's just not letting it get too often that it actually is just laziness. Yeah. I've made myself a very, very rigid rule in uh, the last sort of six months. Um, I've renamed Saturday to me day. Mm. And Saturday is the day where I outright refuse. Saturday is my procrastination day. Mm-hmm. I outright refuse to do any work whatsoever on a Saturday. And I will plan my week around the ability to not do anything mm-hmm. that's anything but relaxing and seeing friends and this, that, and the other. Uh, anything that's sl- even slightly involves any work or brain power, um, I'm just like, no. Um, and So I, scheduled procrastination. Yeah, and I think it's so, so important because sometimes I'll get to, I'll get to like Sunday evening, which is where my work week starts, and I'll be so ready to work. So I've just given myself that space to get bored of chilling out mm-hmm. and get bored of not doing anything. 
Um, and then it's kind of like, okay, right, now I've got these great ideas because I'm like, oh, I really want to get that done because that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, so healthy. And I always stress to people how important it is just to recharge. For sure. Um, so, a couple more. Follow your passion. Oh, that's a bold one. It is a bold one. And I'm hearing this a lot. A lot of people are starting to take this as really a negative negative point, a negative idea. Um and I think the reason is, is because on its own, th- there's a lot of caveats to follow your passion as a piece of advice. Um, because uh, you might have passion for it, but do you have any talent for it? You might have passion for it, but is there any money in it? You might have passion for it, but there might be no business model whatsoever that you can employ. Now, those might be very limiting things to think about, but I think it's very important to consider them Um, because if you don't and you follow your passion, like one thing we always say is never, ever, ever just outright quit your day job to follow your passion, Mm -hmm. ever. Test the waters, test the market, test the idea, test the business model, and only when you feel confident that you can fulfill, like, for example... um, I'm very close to cutting off one of my day jobs in order to put more time into the podcast. Um, and that's, and we've been doing this podcast now for three, almost three and a half years. If I know three and a half years. Who else? Um, and only now is it like, right. Okay. Now I can put some time into this and actually I know that I can, I can live comfortably doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think ultimately it's a nice thing to follow your passion or be passionate about something. But ultimately, if you're going to be a human living in this society, there's certain things you probably want out of your life. And if, Mm. like you say, if it doesn't bring you in money, it doesn't get you the house that you maybe want eventually or can support a family that you want eventually. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's just that, is it like the right time really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, you know, has it got the legs to it? Mm. But, that's why it's all about testing. And if something brings you joy, it does not have to be something you do all the time. If you enjoy playing basketball, where you know you're never going to be a pro at it, play it on the weekends or whatever, do it when you can. Yeah. But don't like think that, okay, I'm going to quit everything and then go at it and that's going to make it happen because that's the worst part. And then if you do do it, I think Gary Vee's talked about this lately, like people who are going to follow their passion, they jump out, they, they, they do do it, they do it. And then they fail at it. They do it for, they push, 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 push. And mm. then it doesn't work. And then suddenly you're in this massive depression that you did try the thing that you love the most and it doesn't work. And yeah. as well, like I'm passionate about podcasting. It's something I'm going to try to do for as long as I can, but it doesn't pay everything else in my life. There's so much stuff going on around it. So mm. you just got to see it that way. Like if it's a passion, try to add it to your life, try to do as much as you can. But I think you've probably hit the nail on the head in that first, but you said really just got to ask yourself those questions. Mm. Cool. One more. Let's do it quickly. One more. Let out your feelings. This one I'm a bit stuck on. What's your thoughts? So as a uh, chronically passionate person, (laughs) 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 um, I can completely understand where this is coming from. Because I think if, first of all, Full disclosure, holding in all of your feelings is not a good idea (laughs) at all. So letting out your feelings is 
a good piece of advice, generally speaking. And I think that... I'd probably be a robot, wouldn't you, if you just had, like... Well, exactly. But I think that goes for all of the points that they're saying might be fucking... These might be fucking up your life. Is that if they're taken too literally, Mm. they can really cause problems for you. So you have to take them with a pinch of salt. And I think letting out your feelings, you can be too emotional and too passionate. And... Um, sometimes if you, if you basically just vent all the time, it only then has negative connotations for your relationships because, you know, people then don't like to be around you because you're, you're just a negative beacon of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a time and place. Yes. Yes. For certain yeah. levels of yeah. letting out your feelings. Maybe with your therapist, go for it. <laughs> yeah. If you're mate in the pub. Maybe go for it a little bit less. Yeah, and I think if <laughs> to you a are, new person you meet, who's well, just yeah. finding out about you, definitely not on a first date. <laughs> Wayne's figured that one out. <laughs> hey, I don't vent on a first date. Second date, <laughs> <laughs> cry on the third. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and I I think that's the main crux of the point is just let your feelings out, but sometimes do it in private, like. Letting your feelings out doesn't mean you have to be brutally honest to everyone. And, you know, again, as you said, there's a time and a place and and kind of know your audience. And if you kind of start down that path and and whoever you're talking to doesn't seem all that responsive, then maybe just backtrack (laughs) a little, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But I I think it's really, really important because I think we are, I am all about communicating difficulties with people. I think most problems can be solved with good communication, but there's a difference between communicating and venting and mm. a difference between communicating and just letting your emotions out everywhere. <laughs> you have to do it in a very um, careful way because otherwise you do just alienate people. Yeah. And just know you've got certain people around you. Like if you know you want to let out some feelings, hopefully you've got some close friends or there's mm-hmm. someone to talk to family wise. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lovely. So that's all, that's all seven. Um, again, that's it. It inspired by an article from highexistence.com. Uh, so we'll put a link to that article in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Any final, any final thoughts, Jem, before we... Not really. I think, like you said, just take them with a pinch of salt. Like, not all advice you hear, especially in the whole self-improvement, self-development place is always right. But I think what... Um, like like point one says really is that they do and they don't work they've worked for someone they didn't work for someone it's Mm. just life is a bit like flexible again not every there's no one route so you could try all these things and succeed you could not do all these things and succeed so again just take it with a pinch of salt Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah that's it So thanks very much for tuning in. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, then head over to iTunes or Stitcher. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, Give us a follow on Twitter as well, at pn underscore podcast. Oh, and also, um, if you have any of these points that you'd like us to go into a little bit more detail on, because we've only spent about five minutes on each of those points, anything you think that might make a good episode, let us know. Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com or gem at powerfulnonsense.com with a C C E M because he's Turkish. Um, and yeah, if you could also leave a review, we would be very, very grateful. If you go to powerfulnonsense.com forward slash review, we've got a nice little instructions uh, page which shows you how to do it. 
uh, so head on over to iTunes, five stars or more, we would be eternally grateful. Uh, right, so I'm going to head off now and going to go procrastinate. So uh, thanks very much, and we'll catch you next time. See you later.